Hi, welcome to this week's episode. This was with my beautiful friend Charlie, who has a lovely little boy called River, who has just turned three. This is a really interesting chat. Charlie taught me a lot of things that I didn't even know on this podcast, considering we are friends as well. I didn't even know so many things that she talks about. So it's a really interesting listen. Um, she had quite a traumatic birth due to River coming early as Charlie did have trouble with uh, potential cervical cancer when she was a little bit younger. So only has, um, I think, I might get this wrong, but I think she said only has a third of the cervix that the average woman has as she had to have it removed, have the cells removed. So it's such an interesting lesson about pregnancy and carrying throughout that time and then giving birth. And then also River's health when he was first born with being born in the depths of COVID and when things were still really uncertain. So I hope you listen, I hope you enjoy and thanks once again for supporting my dream of this podcast. Talk me through pregnancy. Pregnancy was really difficult for me because I didn't expect to be pregnant. So I found out quite later on, well, not quite later on, it still was in my first trimester, mm-hmm. um, but I was out in London. Oh, nice. Um, on a weekend with my two best friends. Um, all the drink, all the fun all yeah. the laughter um was putting my outfit on that night and was like oh these boots <laughs> something's just not quite right um and my friend was like oh what if you're pregnant and I was like yeah whatever anyway carried on the night out and then went home it was a Sunday and no pharmacist open so mm-hmm. got 10 the late pharmacist mm-hmm. ran got some pregnancy tests came back pregnant wow. couldn't believe it first time I'd had sex um, in a, in quite a while, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, fell pregnant. So yeah, pregnancy was hard for me. Um, a lot of sickness in the beginning, a lot of doubt, a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, am I going to make it to twelve weeks? Once I've got to twelve weeks, what's going to happen after that? Yeah. Really didn't enjoy pregnancy mm. uh, to the point where it's actually put me off having more, more children. children. Yeah. 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 Um, but then again, I also fe- I also think, oh, I wish I just had that one more kick. You know, like, yeah. just that one more time yeah. just to feel it. But then I just don't think the, it, the trauma of what I've experienced is worth it for me, honestly. No, it's probably not. It's quite sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's just go back a little bit. Talk to me about not thinking that you were going to fall pregnant. Yes, yeah, so back in... You've got a blog about this as well. I've got a blog. I will mention it as well. Yeah, me and my flower. Um, what year was it? 2018 it must have been. I went for my first 
Smear test. Yes. yes. Cervical screening mm-hmm. test. And um, it came back with abnormal cells um, and just come back in 12 months' time. Yeah. We'll reassess it because it was my first one, you know. How old were you at that point? 25. 25 yeah. So I just turned 25 at 27th of December and this was like first week of Jan. Yeah. Booked it, wanted to get it done, yeah. you know. Uh, the actual test was fine. No yeah. worries whatsoever. And I was a bit worried because like we all are, but actual tests... You're a bit stressed, aren't yeah, you, about it? Yeah, It's a breeze. It's a breeze, but... And you have to do it. Yeah. Ladies, do it. Yeah. You have to do it. But I understand the anxiety around yeah. it. At the end of the day, it's like... Yeah. It goes against what we naturally want to do as people, yeah, yeah. which is take everything off in, well not everything but take show our most intimate parts to somebody we have no, no idea, idea who they are yeah. are they going to judge us are they not listen yeah. they don't care they just do the job and that's it yeah. so in there five minutes out yeah. no worries you'll get your test results back via the post yeah. fab they came 12 months abnormal you're gonna have to come back in 12 months time now that's horrific because you're waiting 12 months not really knowing what's going on yeah is it getting worse is it not no explanation just your cells are abnormal come back in come back in a year's time it's It's very like yeah at 25 years of age no kids it's very like oh gosh so anyway i went back after 12 months um and had to have further investigations. Yeah. It, it had obviously not gone. Because basically what happens with HPVs, it can flare up and yeah. flare down and flare up and flare down. And 80% of women in our lives will have HPV at some point. Yeah. It's sexually transmitted. It's not a sexually transmitted infection or disease. It's just something that we all have. And once it's in our bodies, it lives in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And when it flares up, if it can, you know, all this kind of, I don't know the full ins, ins mm-hmm. and outs like what mm-hmm. a medical professional does. But from what I know it wasn't getting any better. Okay. So I ended up having uh, a colposcopy, mm-hmm. which is biopsies taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the worst part for me yeah. by far because I was awake and oh, they lovely. actually take mm-hmm. little bits of your cervix, cervix with little pincers, like tweezers, three bits. And it's like, I mean, we know what bad period yeah. pain's like, but it's just terrific. Yeah. And then you've got to wait for the results of that. Yeah. So when my results came back from that, it came back ungraded um so you can have cim one cells two three and then we're into worrying times really worrying times yeah. well not necessarily worrying times but we're we're talking about the big c then you know mm-hmm. we're getting into a bit dangerous territory Serious. yeah yeah well, the, the kind of stuff you don't want to be yeah, dealing yeah. with at 26 at 26 years ago yeah. oh, 26 with no children and yeah. in, a, in a relationship that yeah. you're hoping to go and you don't know how it's going to affect your relationship and all sorts yeah. anyway um i had to have an operation mm-hmm. i was put in a general anesthetic a really quick operation and had quite a lot of my cervix removed mm-hmm. and because of that they did warn me that i would not necessarily struggle to get pregnant because that doesn't... No. But it's keeping the carrying baby, the baby. in. It's carrying the baby. Because your cervix essentially keeps everything where it should it does. be until it's ready to give birth. Yeah, it does. So when I found out I was pregnant, obviously I had my surgery on I think it was the 10th of May mm-hmm. 2019. Uh, all the dates, proper dates are in my blog, but the 10th of May and I fell pregnant mid-July. So I hadn't had sex literally like from my operation. It was mm-hmm. the first time I'd had sex since my operation mm-hmm. um, and I fell pregnant. Mm. With Miracle Baby. With Miracle Baby, yeah. which is crazy because when I, again, how am I having sex and having a baby without knowing that you can literally only get pregnant for something ridiculous like three days of a month? It's insane. Isn't I, it mad? You know what? Until I looked 
Tilsty and I decided that we were going to have a baby. Yeah. At the age of 29, I had no idea about ovulation. And literally, I had no clue. And I think because I wasn't looking at getting pregnant, yeah. it was literally just... It was just one of those things. It was one of those yeah, yeah. spontaneous things yeah. as you do as... And it was just like, oh, I'm in the mood. And I'm bearing in mind, I was quite apprehensive about the first yeah. time afterwards. So it was, you know, it was just a bit of a spur of the moment. Yeah. I had no idea where I was in my cycle. I yeah. hadn't had a cycle yeah. because I hadn't had any periods since uh, like the January. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd come off any contraception uh, because I had... Well, I had to for my operation yeah. and I had to, my body had to be clear. Yeah. Um, and I just thought there's no chance of me getting pregnant. But when I researched it, what is the timing? Honestly, mm-hmm. what is the coincidence that I was ovulating at that time on that one day that we just decided to I do think it? the most optimal, you ovulate for 12 hours. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But there's a, a window yeah. either side because yeah. sperm can live yeah. in there up for five days. Yeah, because I use it. Flow now. I use yeah. the app Flow. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not on any contraception. I just use yeah. that as yeah. um and that tells me kind of when yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. when I'm doing when I'm ovulating, yeah. my time before, my time afterwards, yeah. all that. Um so yeah, fell pregnant. Um and then told the doctors and it was, I don't know if baby will make it to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. So then it's now. the wait to 12 weeks. So you get to 12. I actually had an early scan because I was yeah. so stressed out. I yeah. had an early scan, um, which I don't know if it was the right thing to do because it kind of got me attached then, you know. But so I, how, how many weeks were you at the oh, scan? Oh, I want to say about nine. Yeah. It was a private scan. Yeah, so yeah. I know you have your NHS one. At, so it, it probably was nine or ten. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then at 12 weeks, when I went for my scan at 12 weeks, she said, you're going to have to come back every two weeks for an internal and external scan up to 24 weeks. Oh. And this is to detect whether you need a cervical stitch. So because of they've taken away mm-hmm. so much of my cervix, what happens is they can stitch, but it has to be done before 26 weeks. Okay. 24 weeks, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, done as soon as possible, basically, yeah. to keep this this baby in. But they measure it. So what they do on the internal scan is they measure. And if your cervix gets a certain size, mm-hmm. then they'll put the stitch in. So I had internal and external scans every two weeks from 12 to 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't need a cervical stitch. Wow. Which was great. Yeah. However, it was baby can come from any time. Any time now. 26 weeks and it's like the way and then I'm up on the reservoir at 30 weeks get Braxton Hicks didn't know what they were had no idea first time mum thought I was in labour wasn't was Braxton Hicks but how are you supposed to know (laughs) you know Um, and then I went into preterm labour at 33 weeks so I just felt something a bit funny Mm. um, and didn't feel right and went into the hospital and they said to me um we're just going to do some tests. And she came back and it's just a swab. Mm-hmm. And the the fluid that's in your cervix can tell you whether you're in mm-hmm. labour or not. Mm-hmm. So she came back and she said, it's coming, showing that you're in preterm labour. Wow. Um, we're going to give you some steroids to slow this down. Now, this is where everything changed for me. With the When I look back at it now, this is where I go, right, my body's in preterm labour. This baby's ready to come. Yeah, yeah. Baby's decided that baby wants to <laughs> baby's come. Baby's decided yeah. that baby wants to come because yeah. I won't be in labour otherwise. Yeah. So why the hell am I letting this medical intervention happen? Yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah. I did. It was just, we need to stop baby from coming. If baby comes now, baby's lungs aren't developed. You can't, you know, it was it's all this fear. And fear, that fear, yeah. absolute fear. Yeah. 
So I don't know if anybody who's listening will have had this injection, but it's two injections in the in your bum, in yeah. your, like the, the your base of your back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you have them within 12 hours of each other. So your first one, one cheek, your second one in the other. And it's literally, the, the, the nurse warned me before I had it, it's like a spider bite. It is the most painful in honestly i know that sounds really dramatic but everybody i've spoken to since who's had this injection has gone i don't know how that didn't put me into like more labor or something because the stress of it was horrific for like 10 minutes afterwards it felt this is this shouldn't be in my body yeah (laughs) it shouldn't be in my body especially with a baby in me yeah what's going on here but once i had the first one it was you have to have the second one yeah so I had the second one. Go home. You'll probably have baby within fourteen days. Oh. Don't know why that is, but the, the, like statistically, yeah. we hold it for like forty. This injection. So I'm like, I've just been through all of that for fourteen, 14 days. days. Are you I joking? Thought, I thought you were going to say about six to eight weeks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. fourteen days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but all of this told all of this after you've had uh, it. Yeah. So it's just like really. Yeah. Um, so anyway, stayed in hospital, waited for something to happen. Nothing happened um, in between my injections because sometimes it can go one way or the other. Uh, but nothing happened, and I went home. And oh, they went into labour four weeks later. Oh, they actually had him yeah. four weeks later. Yeah. Um. So you hit thirty-seven weeks. Th- yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um. But thirty-seven plus two, I think I was. Mm. Um. But baby should have come at thirty-three, I believe. Oh. And I know that sounds crazy, mm. but I think nature should have taken its course. Yeah. And I believe that. And hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Yeah. If River was born when he, when I went into preterm labour, I wouldn't have given birth in COVID. Yeah. I would have been able to have had my mum and my sister around yeah. me. Everything would have been different. River probably would have been a lot iller than what maybe... I mean, you never know. You never know, do you? Yeah. But I do sometimes think that that should have happened. Anyway, I ended up having River. And because my waters were broke for so long... Um, uh, when River was first born, he had to be immediately treated for sepsis. How long were they broken for? So my waters broke on the Monday night. Uh, I went to the hospital so on the first day of lockdown. Uh, yeah. Lockdown it, happened. Then, well, 22nd, 23rd yeah. of March, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, went into hospital that day. They sent me home, said contractions will probably just happen at home. Uh, they didn't. They didn't start happening. Uh, so 48 hours later. So they said if they've not started by... Wednesday morning, no, Thursday morning, come in and we'll induce you. Thursday morning? Thursday morning. So from Monday night, my water's broke on Monday night and I only had River on Thursday morning. And with you being high-risk pregnancy anyway... With being high-risk pregnancy anyway... They did nothing to keep you in the hospital to monitor you to... No, so I went... Sorry, so Is I went... Is because of COVID, do you think? Yeah, so they sent me... I mean, I don't know. Is Do they send people home when the waters break under normal circumstances when it isn't COVID? I don't know. Or do I they keep know. them in? Mine I don't know. Whilst I was... I don't know. So mine broke then. at home. I went in, go home, see if anything happens. So come back on the Wednesday morning, sorry. So I went back on the Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. induced, pessary, all, yeah. all of that. Nothing was working. It just kept falling out. And she kept telling me... You're not in labour. You're not in labour. You're not in labour. And I was like, I am in labour. I know I'm in labour. 
I can feel that I am in labor, love. I know that it's a first time child and I know you're a midwife, but I know my body and I'm in labor. So by about five o'clock, things started getting really, really bad. So I'd got in on the Wednesday morning, sorry. And by five, by five o'clock, things started getting hurting. So I had this physical examination and she was horrific with me, really bad. Um, And she said I was only three centimeters. Within 45 minutes, River was born. Holy shit. I only just made it to the delivery suite. Um, I've got a video 15 minutes before River was born and not a single person apart from my partner at the time was in the room. No midwives, no doctors, nothing. And I'm just on my back. frightening. In a machine, like on a machine. Nobody here, nobody legs open I'd asked for pain relief at this point and they'd said we can't give it you on the ward you've got to wait till you get to delivery suite but you're only three centimeters so what do you need pain relief for and I'm like I'm not I'm not so as soon as I got down to delivery suite I was like get get me that pain relief so she went out for some injection Mm -hmm. initially I was I'm gonna do this all natural I'd done my hypnobirthing Mm -hmm. but it got to a point where I'm like she's telling me I'm Um, not in labor, but I'm in so much pain. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm not as much of a badass bitch as what I thought I was. (laughs) Like, give me the pain relief. When she came back through the door, River's head was already out. So she went, oh, can't have this now. So literally, his head was out. Um, So from there, he came out Mm -hmm. one one fell sweep, straight out, no worries. You told me that I wasn't Wasn't in labor. labor. So I ended up having River on two paracetamol and some gas and air. And I think I had some liquid morphine and sicked it back up at some point. It's very, a lot of people say that they vomit in labor. I don't, yeah, it was horrible, Mm -hmm. horrible. Um, But no injections, nothing else, all all good. So I'd given birth to this lovely baby. Mm -hmm. He'd come on my chest, everything was all good. And now you push for your placenta. Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck? How do you know that? No. How does it? Do you, know you, the, do you know the only reason I knew that is because my mum did two years of midwifery training. Well, I found That's out. It. I found out at hypnobirthing. Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't have done hypnobirthing, mm-hmm. like it would have been probably a bit. Yeah. Of, I didn't know it. Yeah. As a twenty-six-year-old woman, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that but was you've what. Got I, to give birth twice. Twice. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So then it's like, <laughs> let's wait for your placenta. Now I decided, didn't want any injections. Yeah. I want it to come naturally. Don't want any cord clamping. Yeah. You know, we want yeah. we want to do this all as natural as possible. Yeah. I'm a bit of a hippie. Yeah. Want to do it as I'm natural. The same. Yeah. yeah. Plus I'd been through, so, I'd had so many things put into my system. So many scans as well. So, so many, many scans, internals. so many yeah. things that were out of my control. That, and actually that I didn't need yeah. Yeah. in hindsight. Yeah. Um, that uh, I just wanted to try and do it naturally. So anyway, we did, we waited, but we waited a bit too long for placenta. And the reason why we waited too long for placenta was because placenta was actually stuck. Placenta had binded to the inside Mm -hmm. of me. So I had something called placenta accreta. Now, placenta accreta should be detected on any scan. Now, I had had 18 plus scans. Mm. This was why I went into labour. And nobody told me this. Not even the midwife, the hospital that I had all them scans at, the hospital that I give birth to him at, everything, all of them people that I had seen in them 37 weeks, well, I know obviously 30 mm-hmm. weeks of, of, of mm-hmm. going seeing them, not one person detected placenta accreta. Placenta accreta can kill both mum and baby. It's, it's, and it's 0.02% of pregnancies. Wow. And I had no idea. Now, it's normally emergency C-section, hysterectomy, boom, the, the lot's out yeah. there and then. Yeah. So I believe that's why I went into labour the first yeah. 33 weeks yeah. was because my placenta was failing. Yeah. 
my placenta wasn't doing what it needed to do for River, mm-hmm. um, and River knew that, mm-hmm. and so and so get did my body. Out. So get me out mm-hmm. because I can at least I can have help out of here, mm-hmm. but I could potentially die in the in. The, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it sounds really dramatic, no, it but it's like you need to listen to nature. So anyway, about two hours I was pushing for my placenta, nothing. So I, I, things started getting a bit bad and she said, we're going to have to go and get somebody. So she came back with this only doctor that was on shift at the time because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And after just giving birth, I had a full forearm up. My fifu <laughs> um, with just gas in her. And he said, oh, it's stuck. You're going to have to go for an operation. So after I've dealt with all of this, River's on me. Partner's freaking out, as men do. I can imagine. What's going I'm on? Helpless. Having to sign all these documents yeah. in case something happens to me. I start hemorrhaging. The blood was ridiculous. Straight down into emergency surgery. River with me. Worst part about it was I ended up having to have a spinal anyway. Oh. So yeah, once yeah. I'd got down into surgery, I had to have a. Sp- uh, uh, yeah. It's not. It's not called an epidural. No, this it's, is, a, it's a spinal, spinal yeah. um, and I couldn't feel anything from my from my boobs downwards for twenty four hours. Mm. Uh, it was yeah, and he basically manually removed my placenta. Mm. Um, I didn't get to see it. I didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, it just naturally... Did you get an explanation for why they, no nope. one detected it? No. Nope. I actually, since then, I, it really bothered me for a long time, mm. this. I've had a lot of birth trauma over all I of it because I was awake throughout all yeah. of it. And I have this really vivid... I, I have had surgery a lot of times. I've, I've broke my arms. Yeah. I've had tons, my tonsils out. Yeah. Like, But you're always asleep before you go into mm-hmm. the... I was awake. Mm-hmm. So I... what. I'd just been through however many hours of labour, been told I wasn't in labour, but was in labour, given birth practically on my own, been pushing for however long for my placenta, it's not coming out, to then being rushed down to surgery, my partner not being allowed with me because COVID. of COVID and everything that's going on, you've got to wait here, you've got to do all of this, but River stays with me, went down into the gates of heaven, right? Mm. Everything's white. I literally was like, have I died? Mm. Seriously, mm. like, have I passed away it was like this weird moment um where i think i've i think something's going on like delusion or something and ended up having this removed no explanation though amber nothing um and it still to this day causes quite a lot of of trauma uh but i then came out uh surgery and they said to me river's not doing so good he doesn't look so good (laughs) Um, we're going to do some tests. Mm. So he ended up having to have um, treatment for sepsis, which is through an IV drip. So it's every 12 hours through, administered three times through an IV drip. But previous to this, I mean, my midwife spoke to me horribly, put that baby down. Why have you, oh, you've got hold, you've always got hold of that baby. I mean, my sister walked in, a white midwife walked in with when I was on FaceTime to my sister and she couldn't believe what she was hearing on the mm-hmm. other end of the phone of how some people, and I understand when you are stressed that you speak to people in a certain way, mm-hmm. but for somebody who's been through so much and I just, it was the last thing that I wanted to mm-hmm. hear was put your baby down. This baby is so special to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're telling me, all you ever do is, oh, every time I come in, you've got older that baby. Yeah, I've just given birth to it. <laughs> just waited for nine months for it of course I'm gonna want to have all of it all the time do you know what I mean um yeah anyway so then he had to have he was treated for sepsis and 
We had four days in hospital. Partner wasn't allowed in. I had no size not nappies. My mum had to drop them off at the doors of the hospital and all of this. It was just horrible. Mm. But all of this has made me not want to do pregnancy again. Because what I did ask them, and the only thing that I asked them in my state of delusion... And exhaustion. And exhaustion was... It, why does this happen to me again yeah like is this something that now it's happened to me once will it, it will happen, happen to again. me again is it because of the surgery that I had is it be- and I didn't get any of the answers to any of I never got any answers so I'm now petrified that if I do ever fall pregnant again will it happen again will it happen again and I might not be so lucky this time mm. frightening very frightening unfair unfair yeah and um it takes a long time to get over something yeah, like that. And it imagine. knocks your confidence and it knocks how you are with your partner and yeah. the people around you. And I believe that it's made me really uh, fearful of um, ever losing River. And I know a lot of parents go through that naturally, yeah, yeah. but it's it, it, it. me as a parent, I am so... Um, I'm trying to be more chilled, yeah. but it is my biggest, biggest, biggest fear. Yeah. Your brain, your brain changes anyway when mm. you become a parent. Mm. More so a mum because mm. of the chemical change in your body. But you do flip more into fear mode because of because you have a child to look yeah. after. So I can only imagine that that is massively amplified yeah. in that situation. Yeah. It's not fair. No, no. it's not. No. It's not. Um... I feel like that's a, that's a massive, massive failing in many areas all in one situation it is it is because even like the going into the preterm labor the injections there there was nothing explained to me there there was nothing explained to me with in my scans how somebody didn't detect it throughout all of those scans i had private scans as well nobody detected anything and it's such a it's really if it's left undetected for for so long it can literally kill mom and baby you will just hemorrhage and both of you die there and then it's really dangerous and I'd never heard of it before no. and you don't speak about it because it's so rare. You don't yeah. if you spoke about every single rare condition, God would be here all day, wouldn't yeah. we? But it was just the fact that you put your trust into these medical professionals that you are being you are in yeah. the best hands, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I was, neither was River. And it's such probably the most vulnerable time of your life yeah. as well. So yeah. you put your trust wholeheartedly on that professional in that room. And you don't want to question. No. You don't want to come across. You don't feel like it's your place to question. No, but this is something that's changed how I am yeah. as a parent now. I yeah. question everything. everything. Yeah. Every time I go to a doctor's, yeah. every time I speak to NHS 111, mm. every single time I go to a hospital appointment, I question every single thing. Mm-hmm. And without that experience, maybe I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you've got to... There is hindsight. You can look back and change things as much as you want, but everything happens for a reason. I do, however wish that I could get over this trauma mm-hmm. and I've still not I'm now mm-hmm. River's three years old and I still really struggle with everything that happened mm-hmm. I str- and every time I talk about it like even talking to you about it now it doesn't get any easier no you know I never get I never get to a point where I'm like oh well I'm content with this happened and I'm content with it I'm not I get angrier and angrier each yeah. time I tell the story because it's affected my life and how how I move forward with it. Yeah. You know, what if I meet somebody who wants children and I'm like, no. excuse me? Yeah. Have you, yeah, do you know what I've been through? Yeah. And I think a lot of men as well don't realise the implications yeah. that it causes mentally. I heard River crying a lot. A midwife came up to me at two o'clock in the morning, put a hand on my leg and said, we're just taking River for 
you know, some blood tests. Um, and I said, you've just taken it for some blood tests. And she looked at his thing and she went, oh, sorry, wrong baby. And you know when you're like, she literally could have taken my baby at any point then. If Because I, I was two o'clock in the morning, I'm shattered. Yeah. I've just been through labour. I've just done all what I'm doing. I can't move my legs because they're in monitors because I've had a bloody spinal. Yeah. I can't even run after you if you take my baby. Oh my God. So it was, there was a lot of events that happened during that time that... The system failed you massively. The system has failed me massively. Yeah. yeah. The system has failed both of us massively. Uh, River was born with jaundice as well, so there was that. He had his E and B, you know, full check, yeah, head yeah. to toe. Um, they didn't detect tongue tie. That was only detected at 18 weeks. Oh, wow. So I had a struggle with that and breastfeeding. Made I was it- say, did you bre- try and breastfeed him? I breastfed for yeah. two years. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's it's been a tricky, mm. tricky journey, if I'm honest. But it's all of that has made me. If I do ever get pregnant again, if you ever have the balls and <laughs> 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 <I'm> the man <laughs> to get pregnant again, I will put mine and my child's life into the hands of nature, yeah. and I will have a home birth, yeah. and I will literally. I quite fancy the idea of a doula. Love a doula. Yeah, I yeah. follow a doula on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I think she's called the Happy Doula. I follow her. So I come. I came across her profile at like thirty three weeks. Oh, okay. So I was after I'd had him. Yeah. Mine's been since I've been going through all of this. Right, that okay. I've researched. I was. I'd already had him. So I had loads of things that they said about um, legs apart being upright. So the, the little anagram of the UFO upright, forward, and open. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. yeah. I learned it all from there. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Again. Amazing. But again, like, if you was to say doula to majority of mums, they'd be like, what? A yeah. what? A what? Yeah. yeah. Or anyone, or even expecting mums, a what? Yeah. Nobody knows, knows what, what a doula are. is. It's I not, didn't know what a doula... common in the UK. No, it's not. It's, it? it's really common in America, I believe. Really common, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just um, let nature take its course, I feel, um, because... Yeah. I don't trust. No. And this isn't me attacking anybody who is in the medical profession. This is just, I feel like I was failed. Yeah. And it might be that one experience. I could have that whole experience again. It'd be a completely different time the second time. But I don't think people realise the impact and the length of the impact that something like that has on you. For example, I won't even go back to that hospital for even myself. I can't even look at the hospital. I can't even look at it. I'm, I, my trauma is that bad around it and I'm three years down the line. Yeah. So pregnancy wasn't great, guys. <laughs> yeah. Talk about River now. Healthy boy now. River is the most lively <laughs> but quite unsociable mm. little boy, probably because of COVID and yeah, health implications true. and things like that. Um, but River came home and just had a really tricky time mm. um and again don't think covid helped everything was clean everything was sanitized mm. every time i went to a hospital there was no germs he wasn't picking anything up mm-hmm. but because of being born that little, little bit earlier mm-hmm. uh, and your lung you, they explained that your lungs are the last thing to mm-hmm. develop uh river always seemed to have a bad chest mm-hmm. just always used to get croup mm-hmm. and have a really bad chest and then in october so he was seven months old um, he got croup that bad that we were hospitalised. So I went to the doctors on the Monday. They assessed him in the boot of my car. Said, just a chest infection, it's fine, go home. Like, doesn't need any antibiotics, it's viral or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they said to me. Yeah. Go home. 
Tuesday, still no better. Assessed him again in the back of boot of my car. Same answer. Wednesday, again. So three times I've been to this doctor's. On the Thursday, he was blue. Blue in the lips. Bit unresponsive. And my partner freaked out. Mm-hmm. We rang NHS 111. Ambulance is on the way. Mm-hmm. We, we need to get an ambulance. 37 minutes for the fastest response ambulance. And River was at this point. You could blow in his face. You could do whatever. He was literally like... He wasn't there. He was. He was. He was. He was alive. He was awake. Well, just. Yeah. But he was very. You could see that he was not getting the oxygen uh, that he needed to get. Yeah. Ended up in a hospital um, at Manchester Children's Hospital. Yeah. Um, and we were there ever since then. So it was really good because once we were with Manchester Children's Hospital. That was where all of our checkups were at, which was really good for me because I didn't have to go back to the hospital that I give birth in. Um, And that was the start of River's kind of croup and investigation journey. Uh, He was put on inhalers. I didn't know that you couldn't actually diagnose a child with asthma until they were five Mm -hmm. because it's a blow test. Uh, So unless they are compliant with doing the blow test, they can't actually officially diagnose asthma Mm -hmm. until then. But they still give river inhalers, a blue inhaler and a brown inhaler and a spacer. Yeah. So again, it's a bit like... How old is it at this point? uh, Under one. Oh, wow. Under one. How does an under one-year-old take an inhaler? So this would have been... So he was... So he's got a spacer. Right, okay. So it's like a little mask. It's a little nose mask. Mm -hmm. And then it's a tube. And then it goes in. And then you press it. And they just kind of inhale it in. Yeah. All they have to do is breathe. Yeah. So October was when he had the croup. And yeah. So he would have been in... It would have been about 10 months Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, Still going through all of these investigations. But we'll help... Hopefully this will help. Anyway, he was diagnosed with something called laryngomalacia. Mm -hmm. Which is an underdeveloped airway. All right. Okay. And what happens is every time he gets antibi- any time he gets any bacteria or something, it kind of like swells up, like mm-hmm. what our glands do and all yeah. that. But his throat swelling up to the point where that's why <gasps> he can't get the breath in. He can't get the breath in. So yeah. this is all that was happening. But it took us so long to get all of these answers. Yeah. Um, and it was worse when he was laid down. So that's yeah. why it was really bad at, at night. Yeah. Uh, but I went through five weeks of antibiotics for all different things, mm-hmm. and none of it he needed. He didn't need any of it. It wasn't, it wasn't, the antibiotics did not treat anything that he had. Five weeks, because the first two weeks of antibiotics were the wrong antibiotics. Were the wrong antibiotics, Amber. So I don't know if you've given your antibiotics to Bella, or any antibiotics to to Bella. Giving antibiotics to a child is hard, especially when it doesn't taste nice four times a day. It's, I get anxious on that lead up to needing to give yeah. Again, so it's four. Tri- it's tricky. Four times a day for ten days, seven days, twelve days, fourteen days, whatever. But times by two and a half loads of antibiotics. So five weeks just before his first birthday, he was on antibiotics for. What for? Oh, different things. So, yeah. so one was to do with his bits down below. Right. Okay. One was so it was it wasn't Various all things. yeah it wasn't all just all airway related airway related but it ended up being five weeks of antibiotics oh, that he I could tell just wasn't wasn't doing anything for him yeah <laughs> wasn't good yeah but it's always once you start the course you finish the finish course yeah. so it got to a point where I was like no I'm not giving him these anymore nothing's changing mm-hmm. the thing down there wasn't changing his chest wasn't changing mm-hmm. it's not happening I'm taking him off these antibiotics so mm-hmm. I did took him off everything. Didn't still was giving him his inhaler, but decided that now was the time where 
we're just going to let him build an immune system. And I was ready for it, right? I was ready for the illness, but just thought, let's see how his body can handle this. Because what's happening is every single time he's getting ill, I'm throwing medical things at him all the time. Calpol, Nurofen, or antibiotics, Vicks Vaporub, plugins, everything you can possibly buy, you're throwing on, right? Let's just take strip it back. And the second I did that, Amber, everything changed. Wow. Everything changed. He is, he's, ch- I mean, don't get me wrong. He still struggles with his chest. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had steroids now for eight, uh, June 2021 was the last oh, time wow. he had steroids. It's almost two years. So, yeah, almost yeah. two years, yeah. yeah. So just after his first birthday, after yeah. he'd, he yeah. had croup in that June and he did have one lot of steroids mm-hmm. then and then after then, he's had nothing. No. And he's still got laryngomalacia and he's still got his inhalers yeah. and he's still, you grow out of this condition. Yeah, yeah. But he's fine. He's had a bad chest for a couple of weeks, but he can fight it himself and yeah. that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking him to a doctor's. Why would I take him to a doctor's? For him to be given the wrong thing again. Mm-hmm. And they just but again, it's a routine, it's a box ticking thing, Amber. And I get it, I totally get mm-hmm. it. But I just think as a mum, trust your instinct. 100 percent I couldn't agree more. And something wasn't lying right with me. Mm-hmm. Why does he keep getting ill? Why is all this medical thing, a medical intervention, actually making him worse? How is this even possible? Mm-hmm. Strip it back. Mm. So I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I even struggle. I, I don't even really give him Calpol mm. unless he absolutely desperately needs mm-hmm. it. And even then I know the implications of giving Calpol, mm. you know, so it's just like, yeah. Yeah. That was the start of going natural. Yeah. Going natural. So River now um, doesn't have any of his inhalers. No. He hasn't had his inhalers since August. Mm-hmm. We were discharged from Manchester Children's Hospital in September, so we only have to have checkups every 12 months oh, now. That's good. Um, and yeah, he's a healthy little boy who yeah. can fight things off. And I believe that he is the healthiest he's ever been now because of the lack of intervention. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. But that's what I believe. Well, we were talking about it before off camera, before we started recording about your choice not to vaccinate River as well. But you feel that that's come from the investigating that you've done. Yeah. Around starting with this antibiotics and this this five week period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So River had his first vaccinations. River had all his what? One eight, year. Tw- eight, eight, 12, 16. 16. You had all of them. <clears throat> the rotavirus vaccination, which is the oral vaccination, mm-hmm. he was actually sick. So he had it three times. Now, I would do anything to take that back. Mm-hmm. Now I know mm-hmm. <laughs> what I know yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. I would never have given it him. Three times he had it. And he still got sickness and diarrhea. It's a sickness and diarrhea vaccine. We're all going to get a sickness and diarrhea. You cannot stop it. You can't Ever. stop it. No. Why are we giving these kids vaccines for things that they're going to get naturally anyway? Mm-hmm. And it wears off after a certain period. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. So I just, yeah, that was, he had all of these first ones um, and he did have his first year vaccinations mm-hmm. as well because that was around the time of the five-week antibiotics I was still. And yeah. then I have chosen not to preschool vaccinate River. Yeah. 
the preschool vaccinations are all vaccinations that they've had before. Anyway, the booster yeah, ones so they're basically they? just like a fourth round yeah. of vaccinations. Yeah. Um, and I just don't feel that he needs them. Now, I have a letter ready to go to his school mm-hmm. about my choice. I am very happy with my choice. Yeah. Um, I, Due to everything that I've been through, my fear with losing River and the medical side of it, I would not make this choice. Lightly. Lightly. Yeah. Yeah. You can trust that I am not a mother <laughs> that he's just going, ah, yeah. I'm just choosing to not vaccinate yeah. River for the sake of it. Yeah. I am doing it because I believe it yeah. is the best thing for him. Yeah. And until he can make them decisions himself... And if he chooses to take vaccines when he's older or whatever, that's entirely up to him. But for as long as I am in charge Mm -hmm. of making them decisions for him, I will make sure I am educated enough Mm -hmm. to make an educated decision on what I am putting into that is irreversible Mm -hmm. into my child's body. It is different if it is something reversible. Not many things are, but I don't know, like a hair dye or whatever, you know, something ridiculous like that. But you are putting something into your child's body that you cannot take out. And how many people, I didn't even ask, on his eight-week injections, I was just like, here you go, love. Yeah. In fact, I didn't go in. It was, I wouldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. do it. But you don't ask any questions. You just yeah. do it. Well, we've, we've spoke about this a lot off camera and touching on your birth story. You, The trust you put in people in a profession. Yeah. To believe that what they are saying is the right thing for you and your child. But it's that point, isn't it, of not even questioning. You don't. You, yeah. Because we're taught not to. I know. I know. It's ingrained in us. And this is the this is the thing with a lot of things. Don't question. Keep your mouth shut. Everybody be sheeps. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with the government. And people are starting to... Since COVID, it's gone one way or the other. People have either gone, hmm, yeah. something's not quite right here. And I feel like there's a shift with COVID vaccines as mm-hmm. well. There's a lot of things coming out about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very proudly unvaccinated against COVID. It was a decision I made before... Um, all of this happened because obviously COVID mm-hmm. vaccination started in the January, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd already decided that I wasn't doing any of this mm-hmm. for me um, because I was a breastfeeding mum. Yeah. And at the time, the advice was we don't give yeah. Yeah. the vaccine to breastfeeding mums. So it kind of was taken out of my hands anyway, which I was happy about. Mm-hmm. And then it was mm-hmm. when I was offered it, it was just, just no. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Crazy. It is crazy, yeah. but I just believe that it's ingrained into us at school. I believe it's part of you just do as you're told. Yeah. Um, we know best. Mm. We have the handbook, but who's that handbook written by? Mm. <laughs> Where's the research? Yeah. What's the intention? Yeah. So, yeah, always, always, always trust your gut as a mum. It, it's never wrong. No. It, it isn't. No. We're only taught that we have five senses. Mm. We have seven. Do you know just thinking we were chatting about daniel amon's podcast yeah, we, yeah. before we started filming and there is a um, a nerve that connects your brain to your gut right and it goes through your diaphragm right through many of your key uh, organs and right up to your brain and it was funny because until he said this i knew it but i hadn't made the connection your gut is a mini brain so it's made up of the same cells so if you think about your intestine and your gut it looks the same as your brain but it's just in a different format and it is our second brain so when people say trust your gut and they say it's a gut feeling it's not it is a biological second brain 
and you you feel things there because it because it yeah. yeah my mum's massive on gut health yeah massive it is literally so important so important I mean I really should do more for it yeah honestly I, when I think about it I don't do enough for yeah. it but your gut and your intuition yeah. Yeah. are two of the strongest yeah. things yeah. and we are taught to suppress them yeah. because if we always listen to our gut instinct we wouldn't comply no we wouldn't be who we need to be yeah. to fit into this Western society. Mm. I mean, we can get into a whole nother conversation of that and I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but mm. it's true. We yeah. are. It is literally just, we as the medical professions know what's right for your child. Us as the educators, school, us as the educators know what's right for your child. Everything is, we know what is right for your child. Mm-hmm. You don't, sweet. I'm mm. sorry, but Mom you knows. don't. I know. Yeah. You know, for your child, nobody apart from parents, I'm not going to single dads out here as well because they get the exact same thing. They have that intuition. They have that gut instinct. They have that paternal instinct that you Mm -hmm. should listen to it 1 million percent. Mm -hmm. 1 million percent. And if it's off, question it. Yeah. Always question it. Yeah. So that is something that is kind of uh, pushed forward how... I am raising River now mm-hmm. uh, as natural as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try not give him anything. Yeah. Unless I desperately need to. Yeah. Try not put anything on his skin. You know, that's not yeah. just just everything. You, you've got to think that we are in charge of these kids. Yeah. yeah. What they put on. I mean, sun's, sun cream is a whole other yeah. thing that we could talk about. Because mm. um, there's lots of shit in it. Shit in it. There's well, so much shit in it. Like you said about the toothpaste. Toothpaste fluoride. River's I, been fluoride free for eight months now and yeah. I would never go back. I've been fluoride free. Yeah. I've been using the same as River. Yeah. I get it. You can't get it in supermarkets though. I was going to say, where where'd you get it from? I get it off Amazon. All right, okay. Yeah, I get it off Amazon. Um, I'll send you the link. Okay. It's in a green and white packaging. Um, I'll send you the link. Yeah. It's called Kingfisher. Okay. Um, toothpaste and it's fluoride free and everything in it is it, on the back it's the ingredients and it tells you what is in it and what it's for yeah. so for example uh, moisture in the yeah. teeth or yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever what it is what it's, what it's yeah but yeah. what it is and in how it is yeah, yeah. The they say that if you look on the back of something and it has more than five ingredients you probably shouldn't have it oh wow didn't know that so it's, if it's got like all of these other, which a lot by the way probably 95% or not that you shouldn't have it, but it's probably not, not great for you. for you. Yeah. Well, I know with being gluten free, the amount of hair products, yeah, uh, makeup, yeah, body wash, yeah, I can use three. That's it. Nail varnish. Yeah. yeah. There's all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? And people keep wondering why nowadays it's like one in two people have got cancer, and it's, it's like because it's in everything. everything. Yeah. Our food is packaged in plastic. Mm. Everything we have. I mean, I've got hair products in mm-hmm. i've got makeup on mm-hmm. jewelry mm-hmm. everything everything that we have mm-hmm. in a, is something that we that they didn't have <laughs> back in the day yeah and everyone was yeah they had different things to deal with of course yeah. they did yeah but it's just very i don't think we realize how much toxic things are in our cleaning products yeah. everything so yeah be looking about what you put on your kids' bodies yeah. if you are into that. Yeah. Listen, it's not going to affect them anyway. I grew up with 
Sun cream. Sun cream on. I'm not going to preach to you about mm. not doing it. All I'm saying is just be educated on it. Mm. And if you're educated, if it's something that you're interested in, do the research and put it into practice. If you're not bothered, fair enough. Do you, boo? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. I'm not going to tell you how to parent. Mm. But if it's something that in the back of your mind you've gone, oh, I'm quite interested in that, but I don't want to go down the rabbit hole or I'm a bit worried about what I'll find out mm. because ignorance is bliss. I would suggest that yeah. you don't. I suggest that you do go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. I'm um, definitely going to look at a few things because there's a few <laughs> things I've just done. Like we said about the health visitor, the fluoride toothpaste. I didn't even know what fluoride was. But you just you... say, yes, okay, health visitor. No worries, health visitor. Yeah. I'll do what you say. Yeah. 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 That's what we do. <laughs> that's what I've done for two years. <coughs> that's Nuts. what we do. Absolutely. Sorry, insane. I've got a frog in my throat. No, now. don't worry. Um, so at the minute, you are a single parent. I am. A working mum. I am. <coughs> Um, you've just built the beautiful studio next door. I have. Yeah, called W. W Home Studio. Yeah, so that you can essentially work from home a little bit more as well. With, yeah. Uh, with I being s- just yourself. I struggle with childcare, as a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and I just think that if I can work from home, be at home, be a mum from home, it just makes everything so much easier. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm loving it. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. I've Thank seen you. It before. I'll have to show you profile. Yeah, my eyes were watching. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> co-parenting. Co-parenting. So, yourself and River's dad, mm-hmm. you separated not long after he was born. Is that right? 18 months old he was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we've spoken before this podcast of the reason you think why mm-hmm. River's dad. Essentially, I don't want to speak ill of him, but... Mm-hmm changing his persona towards yourself yeah towards river towards the household yeah um and you do think it was that occasion when river was unresponsive when you had to wait for the ambulance <clears throat> mm-hmm. which having having a child thinking about the possibility of my child in that state terrifies me even thinking about it mm-hmm. so for yourself and river's dad to go through that to see that i can't even begin to imagine what that feels like mm-hmm. so i i do get the change in his behavior mm-hmm. um have you found things easier since you made the decision to separate or has it been more tricky it's been tricky because it for some reason just got nasty as it does with many people mm. um but i feel that it's a natural thing mm. to be angry at yeah. somebody when things don't go your way. I, we obviously didn't plan River, but once River was here, uh, loved him with all of my being and mm. and couldn't imagine my life any other way. That was it. Like The yeah. second I had him, that was it. I've said this to you as well off camera. You are so, you are so a mum. Like, just everything about you. I know people say that you sole purpose, it should have, like, once you're a mum... Yeah you are not just a mum. Yeah. And I agree with that. I'm not. I'm me. I'm Charlie. But my absolute... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe purpose in life... Yeah. ...was to at least raise one child. Yeah. Like, even and even the one. Yeah. Like, I am... I'm just meant to have River. Yeah. And be a mum. But even your job. Even seeing you with the little ones. Not even the little ones, just the kids. It's I love just, them. It's just natural. I love them. I love yeah. kids. And you can get people like that. And do you know what I love about them? 
which again might all well I mean if you think about the psychology of it which might all kind of go into one mm. thing I love the innocence of kids so much that I absolutely cannot stand these bastards in power mm. that that ruin that for them yeah. I really just our kids are innocent for such a short amount of time mm-hmm. and they are bombarded with all of this stuff that they do not need mm. to know about yeah. they yeah. don't need to know about I mean yeah. my niece bless her she was frightened to death about COVID yeah. absolutely and I know and I know the severity of COVID. I get it. People died. I'm not downplaying mm. anything whatsoever, right? But the what those kids had to go through during that time with lack of school and mm. the parents and not seeing grandparents and don't hug your grand because you'll kill her mm. and all of these horrible things, it just really affected our kids. Mm. It, I noticed a difference in the classroom. Mm. Genuinely, I noticed a difference and... Uh, in the people and the young kids that I know around me. Um, I just love kids and anything to do with them. Mm. And I think we should protect them at all costs. And this new generation now coming through are going to be trailblazers. I've got a feeling (laughs) that things are going to have to change. They are going to have to change. They're passionate. They're passionate. And there's, there's things that we should fight about, things we shouldn't fight about. And I do believe that some things are maybe a bit too... We could fight about anything and everything. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. put two people in a room and get to say fights, like, let's go for it, mm. isn't it? We love to bicker nowadays. Mm. You put the news on and everyone's fighting in this mm. world. It's horrific, right? But let's keep our kids away from that. Yeah. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's show them kindness, mm-hmm. patience, mm. educate them, mm. and keep them away from this negativity and this horrible things that are going on in the world and keep it all nice and lighthearted. And every single time I see a kid... I literally look at them and go, I just Mm. wish I was you. Mm. (laughs) I wish I didn't know all the things that I knew. Yeah. I I would do anything. I make a a deliberate choice not to have the news on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. I refuse. I deleted all my news apps on my phone. I had like Daily Mail Online, uh, BBC News, all this. Bye. Because all I ever saw was horrific things i've got an app called the good news app oh i need I'll, it i'll forward it yeah i need it daniel Amen again recommended it for your brain health good news app Get i've been listening to a lot of podcasts i love stephen bartlett we've stephen spoke Bartlett's about this before great, yeah. diary of a ceo love stephen yeah. bartlett um jay shetty for me is jay, jay shetty. shetty changed my life with his book yeah i think like a monk and it was from that i then started listening to his podcast and then i picked up on a few of his guests daniel Amen, gabor mate mel robbins and even people that they've looked at for different reasons. And I just feel like they're all trying to send the same yeah. message. And it's made me more present and more awake to what I'm listening to, what I'm choosing to read, what I'm educating myself mm-hmm. with, what I'm choosing to turn away from. Mm-hmm. And it has changed my life. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still find myself sat there scrolling through my phone sometimes, mm. procrastinating. And the other day, I, I don't know who was here, but I said, it's so strange that you say that to me. Because when I was scrolling through, I looked... And Mel Robbins had posted something that said, get off, off your, your phone. phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> but isn't it weird yeah. that you have to get like reminded? Yeah. And yeah. again, like kids with yeah. phones and social media yeah. and all this. And yeah. it's, we really need to protect yeah. them at all costs. I used to wake up while Bella was still asleep next to me, check Instagram mm-hmm. for nothing, mm-hmm. just scroll. And then it, it got to the point where I had a little bit of a breakdown, completely lost myself. And I chose to remove it completely. And I'm now so glad that I did because I now couldn't think of anything worse than her waking up 
and turning around and saying, good morning, mummy. And you being. And me being on my phone looking at things that annoyed me about people that I know it's not the truth anyway. And the thing is, is it's just a whole comparison, isn't it? Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I follow some really funny accounts on social, mums yeah. on social media and they crack me up because yeah. it's just the realistic yeah. side of parenthood. And there's some nice, yeah. I love seeing my friends and yeah. what they're doing and yeah. promoting things. And I love that side yeah. of it. But when it gets to a point where you are, it's toxic yeah. and you're putting yourself down yeah. and you're doubting your own parenting. I know I am yeah. a good mom, and yeah. I'm not even blowing my own trumpet. Yeah, yeah. I know I give my son what I need to do, mm-hmm. the best me that yeah. I can be. I know I do, yeah. right? I make mistakes, many mistakes. I'm on my phone mm-hmm. when he looks at me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, we all do yeah. it, right? Yeah. But I try and be more conscious about what he's seeing because yeah. we think that they're not taking it in. They take everything last week yeah. river said to the first time for the first time because rivers because of his tongue i think because of his tongue tying just de- yeah. he's a bit delayed in his speech yeah. nothing wrong just just a bit behind in his Some speech children just take a bit longer don't just took a bit and he's a boy he's lazy yeah. he's just yeah that's what he is <laughs> yeah. and mummy phone down that's what he said to me the other, the oh, other wow. week I mean, I was sending an email. Yeah. I wasn't actually... It was actually the one time yeah. <laughs> I wasn't on social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Mummy phoned down because he wanted me to Plenty one-on-one or... interact yeah. with him yeah. with no distractions. And that's what I try and do every single day now, yeah. at least for a certain point of a day, like morning, evening, in the yeah. middle of... Whenever I've got him, yeah. sit down and give him that one-on-one yeah. time because kids love nothing more than when you give them that one-on-one... one-on-one. 100% yeah. attention and you are attentive yeah. to everything they are doing yeah. you are taking it in and you give them that praise you give them that oh, that is amazing and you see the faces light right up on. and you're like oh yeah. my god you're just unreal and how anybody yeah. anybody can hurt a child I right and begin to uh, yeah I have no is words beyond I have no words beyond me yeah. beyond me so I feel very passionate about children and maybe that's why it yeah it maybe just comes out in me naturally because I feel so passionate about them as beings yeah. um, and trying to protect them. Mm. I do. Because I feel yeah. like they're not protected enough. Yeah. And I feel like, just mentioning the co-parenting again, protecting your children, sometimes co-parenting is the best decision I, for them. I, I truly believe that showing your children a healthy form of love is way more beneficial Mm -hmm. than being in a two-parent household teaching them an unhealthy way of love. So my son's behaviour's changed since I'm not living with his dad anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And going back to what you were saying before about uh, River's dad and what happened when he wasn't well, not that it's any excuse. I'm not excusing his behaviour. I'm not excusing anything that's happened. But I do believe that events like that change you as people. Yeah. Like what we were talking about before with me in hospital. Yeah. Them four days that I had in hospital changed me as a person. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. Changed me. Changed me. I wasn't as kind. Mm. I was like... Yeah. To everyone. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I, 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 I never, I've never felt so lost and I don't know what to do with this child. These midwives are all around me looking at me like I've, I'm stupid, mm-hmm. right? When I knew inside me that I was a, a maternal, I, I knew, yeah. I knew what to do. Yeah. My instinct was kicking in, my boobs were throbbing. Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> everything was telling me what to do, but I was literally like, the doubt was yeah. what's going on. And it does and you do change. However, 
I don't believe that anybody's just because of what I went through. I'm still kind. I still listen yeah. to other people. You still make I don't choices. treat people like yeah. shit. Yeah. It's not an excuse to treat people like no, shit because not. of that. It's not. It's just not. It's not. It's just not. Yeah. How many people in this world, every single person goes through adversity. Every single person that went through something like what we went through, which was, by the way, horrific, but nowhere near as horrific as losing a child mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. witnessing or having a child hurt or any, you, mm-hmm. you know, it, there are so many worse things, but in that moment it was relative to us and it was the end of our world. Mm-hmm. But I just think that grow from it. Grow from it. Don't be a victim in life. Don't let it defeat you. Grow from it. And that was where we probably went like that. And we went two separate ways because I used it as fuel to make sure it doesn't happen again. And he maybe let it manifest and manifest and manifest and manifest to things where it maybe led to wrong decisions being made or bad decisions being made and things like that so I think no matter what you've gone through yes it's very easy in the moment to then be like and angry at everybody but you have to with every experience grow and learn from it it, yeah yeah everything in life um and that way you will not you will naturally make the right decisions yeah. for, for, for your kids as well. Yeah. So um, River will now grow up seeing mummy and daddy separately mm-hmm. uh, in an amicable kind of just, it, it, and it is very basic. It's mm-hmm. not, we're not best of friends, mm-hmm. uh, but we make it river-based. Yeah. And that is the main thing. But initially we didn't make it river-based. It was all tit for tat. It was all battle, battle, battle. Because that's what everybody does when you're first in a yeah. breakup. Everybody does it. And then you think, oh, I'm going to take you to court. No, I'm going to take you to court. And all these words are getting thrown out. And you're thinking, oh no, I'm going to end up in court. I'll stay with him. Yeah. I'll stay with him because I'm going to end up in court and I don't want to end up in court. Let's get back together and everybody be happy families. Or we're going to have to put the house up for sale and split the money. Let's not do it, right? No, guys, no. It is so important <laughs> that you show your children what healthy relationships should look like because how are you expecting your children to have healthy relationships when they grow up if all they've ever learned from is seeing you in an unhealthy relationship with the person who is so close to that child, the two people that that child loves most Mm -hmm. see constant Mm -hmm. arguing, uh, even body language, even just like the way you are around each other is really important. Mm -hmm. And I know, listen, I've been in a six-year relationship. Mm -hmm. I get that we don't like our partners at the time. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for me to sit here as a single mum now with no man in the house and go, (laughs) ha, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. But, (laughs) but it's true. But it's about fighting your battles and and learning which battles to fight. And if you make it child-based, you will never go wrong. There's a child psychologist that I listen to called Gabor Matei. Mm. And he made a point of saying that if you've got an emotionally immature parent and you learn from that and you witness that, you will live with trauma. You will, whether you choose to or not, because 
they have expressed emotions that they shouldn't have onto you as a child. Mm -hmm. You soak everything up. Mm. Trauma builds up in Mm -hmm. your nervous system. You react to things in certain ways as kids. It'll amplify as an adult. Mm -hmm. And it also causes lack of memory Mm -hmm. in childhood, which is really interesting because I grew up in that environment. And I grew up in mum mum hating dad, dad hating mum. They both, they're amicable now, but it's took a long time. And I know as a as a an adult, having grown up as that child, that I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure Bella doesn't have to battle with that or or go through that. And I think it's just so important that as adults we realise what we are putting on our children. Yeah. The pressure. And we don't we don't realise it. We definitely no, don't realise it. No. And even when I shout at Bella, I then pick her up, I apologise to her because I expect her to apologise to me if she does something I don't like. So if I've done something that she clearly doesn't like, then I need to apologise to her It's and like explain it. Somebody, I'm not going to mention who, yeah. give me advice yeah. when River smacked me the other day, right? He, yeah. He's steep, he's three-year-old, right? Yeah. And he smacked me in front of somebody. And the advice back was, smack him back! Right? <laughs> and I literally, very calmly, because it's so important. Very I calm. have had I have had to learn yeah. so much patience yeah. and calm and keep yeah. your voice nice and calm. I'm a bit of a gentle parent in that, you know, yeah. a very... Just, I'm getting there. Yes. I'm much better now than I was... I'm trying. Six months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, we, yeah. It's something that we all need to work on. And you definitely realise it more and the more times you react in a calmer way you go okay i can do this yes yeah and it's not actually as bad as what i think I thought, it is yeah. and i can i can actually get my anger out later at a better time <laughs> and it will yeah. feel better than yeah. doing it there and then because what happens is i let it out there and then in front of my child then i feel immediately guilty yeah. and then it sticks with me all day when if i'd yeah, have just tr- tried a different a approach and yeah. just took a breath and counted to 10 before yeah. i then responded yeah. things could have been completely different Completely different. And my response to this person was, okay, so you're telling me that I should smack him because he, to to tell him off because he smacked me. Okay, so I am disciplining him with a method that I'm telling him off for. How does that work? How does River go, I've just smacked mummy, but she's turning around and going, don't smack me, boom. Don't you do to me what I'm about to do to you? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Did they have an answer for you? No. Oh, oh well, maybe, maybe that's not the right. Now we are talking about a bit of an older generation, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can imagine, yeah. but it was, and maybe that's how things were done. I'm not yeah. saying that that's like back in the day. Yeah, it, yeah. I get it. That yeah. is what teachers did and parents did. Yeah. But for me, I sit down and the psychology of it is. What must River be thinking if I turned around I and went... Yeah. yeah, that's a bit tight. Yeah, like, hang on a minute. Yeah. You're telling me to not do something that you're doing, doing to me? me. How's that what work? kind of setting an example is that? Yeah. So what I try and do is get down to his level. And I, listen, ladies, I get that it's really not as simple as what I'm making it out. Mm. Sometimes you just want to literally rugby ball that child <laughs> through the fucking door. <laughs> Bye! I get it. There's been times. Yeah. But I try to take a breath and think... Let's switch roles for a second. Yeah. How would I want to be spoken to? Because yeah. I have the emotional intelligence to know how I would want to be spoken, spoken to, to in this manner. Mm-hmm. So let me do it the other way around. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm trying to bring River up. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm trying to co-parent. Yeah. 
So when I open that door <laughs> and the last person I want to see is stood there, yeah. what we've got to do is show River, if he's ever in this situation, how I would expect yeah. him to respond. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people go, I grew up in a broken household. My mum and dad were separated. I grew up in... A, in my dad worked away a lot. Mm-hmm. I was a single parent household, basically. Um, and I said I never wanted my child to grow up in that. And a lot of why I stayed with River's dad and why we we were together for the amount of time that we were, because we probably should have split up sooner than what we did, um, was because I said, but I always said that I wouldn't, I didn't want to b- grow up in the same household that I grew up in. But when I look back at it, I had a really, really happy childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was things that weren't great about it, but I had everything I needed mm-hmm. with the mum that I had. Mm-hmm. She provided everything I could possibly have wanted in a parent, in one parent rather than two. And I get that sometimes, you know, there's times where I look at River and I go, maybe he does need you know, something else or time with mm-hmm. granddad or time with mm-hmm. uncle, my, my brother-in-law mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that. But I believe that River doesn't lack anything from being a one-parent household. Yeah. I don't. So, and he's witnessing healthiness yeah, in yeah. every form. Yeah. And I get that it's not as easy for a lot of people, but I just don't think that is a reason to stay in a toxic relationship is... For children. For the sake of the children, because ultimately, how are you supposed to look after somebody else? Mm. My mum, if you're not good, even looking after yeah. yourself, my mum made a very good point on her podcast. It's not been released yet, but she said, "Happy mum, happy baby," yeah. and it's really important. And you need to make sure that mum doesn't lose mum. And I think sometimes mums and dads lose themselves in that environment. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But I'm not sitting here saying that single parent life is easy because it's not i take my hat and all my clothes off to you because if i didn't have the support of stay i would be in a mess but one thing i will say to you is yeah if anything ever happened to stay which god forbid it doesn't or anything you know whatever you and stay don't work out yeah you would be able to do it you would be able to do it. Mm. And this is another thing where women go, I won't get out of this relationship because I can't do it. Mm. I am telling you now, in the face of adversity, girl, you will do it. Mm. <laughs> because you do. How many times has there been situations where you go, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. And then you smash it. Mm. Or, you know, you've just, you've got to trust that when you are put in that situation, it's, yeah. you will do it. Yeah. But I also believe you're given situations that you're strong enough to deal with. Agreed. So I think you're very strong. Thank you. But you're is welcome. that because I have been brought up with such a good example of a, of a single mother? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, yeah. I don't know the psychology behind it, but is that a massive, massive... Role model. Role model of how to be. Did yeah. she help me? I, I mean, I say I don't know the psychology of it. I'm almost certain yeah. that it's because I have had such a fantastic yeah. role model yeah. to model everything that I am doing with River yeah. or trying to do with River, mm-hmm. she has done with my dad. Yeah. She has never once bad mouthed my dad in front of me. Yeah. She doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Even in adulthood, she'll tell me facts, which is different, by the way. Yeah, I yeah. want to let people know that someone's opinion it's is different, different to facts. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. That she she's told me facts, yeah. but she never once has bad mouthed, even now when I'm 30 years of age. Yeah. And it's so important. And my God, could she say some things? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but what is 
you've got to show respect in front of your child to that other parent. You have to. Yeah. And do you know what? I shut that door and I feel good yeah. because I've not gone, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is what I want to do. Yeah. I've not done that. I've yeah. closed that door and I've acted in a, in a manner that I'm proud of. Yeah. And that is really important. But single parenting isn't easy. Co-parenting isn't easy. Not everybody ends up in court. Mediation is fantastic. Absolutely brilliant if you can do it Mm -hmm. and you can avoid court by doing that. I strongly suggest, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, mediation. I do. I really, really do. Um, If you're at at a crossroads. Mm -hmm. um, Or just message somebody who you know has been through it because I have learned, I messaged one of my friend's friends who I knew had been through it. And she said, oh, she told me about mediation. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about the structure of it, what you talk about, what's legal in it, what's not, mm-hmm. all of that. And it's really not as daunting as what you think it is. No. It's not. They say, don't you, that you're best equipped to help someone that you used to be. Yeah. So if someone has been through that, just ask the question. I'm sure they'll be happy to help. And also, don't get a third party involved that either of you know. Yeah always get somebody that's completely mutual because it just it never works out you've got to get somebody who is impartial to the situation who can look at both both people and go i believe that this is what is best because you're going to be biased to your opinion yeah i am he is better with me no he is better with me you're going to do that aren't you but there is that person ultimately will advise you and guide you through what they think is best for the child. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Is there anything that you want to talk about that I've not asked you about? Um, no, I don't think so. No? No. No. Okay, closing traditions. Two. What is one thing you wish you knew about parenting before you became a parent? Can I say this really close to the microphone? Yeah, of course you can how saggy my tits would get after <laughs> breastfeeding. I had the best tits prior. You've got great ones now. No, they're in a Victoria's Secret bra, love. If you ask my two best friends who've seen a video of yeah. me bent forward naked, yeah. shaking these yeah. saggy balls in a bag, <laughs> yeah, I had the best tits ever prior. Yeah. Never had to wear a bra. Yeah. No tip tip. Honestly, yeah. love, you can see them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boom. was my party trick yeah do you want to see him no you've seen him anyway yeah yeah, yeah. now i don't even think <laughs> you could pay me to get them out and i shouldn't be saying this because if there's any single daddies out there who want i have really good tits yeah but um yeah it really affects them yeah really affects them breastfeeding yeah. uh, does a lot to your body and your boobs yeah. i mean pregnancy and, and giving yeah. birth does in general yeah. but i didn't realize how much that would change my body, yeah, yeah, really. I actually thought it would make them better. Well, I've got implants anyway. Right. So when I went for my consultation, I went for many over years, but when I actually had them done, the surgeon said to me, have you got children? And I said, no. And he said, you do realise your breasts will completely change after children. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But no, I did definitely didn't think. And did you breastfeed? I never because... And they still changed so much. They still much. changed. Not... They, they changed, so they, so when you get implants done, they sit really high. Right. And they do what's called fluff and drop. 
So essentially, is they they drop into place and they fluff so they look more natural. Right. So mine are under the muscle. Sorry, this is completely nothing to do with kids. This is just I'm a, here for it though. This is just a mine it myself. An education and a boob job. So um, mine are underneath the muscle, which meant there was no damage to the tissue. Right. However, they still can't guarantee because there's been disturbance rather than disruption. They still can't guarantee that you will be able to breastfeed. Right. So I kind of had that choice taken away from me right in case so but i never had any what's it called of the the stuff before you colostrum colostrum i never i never had any of that right. I had no production of that so i was thinking oh maybe not because my friend whose little girl is six months older than bella i remember going around to her house well i say house garden sitting outside covid times and her saying sorry i'm just leaking because that's just what i do now i'm seven months pregnant and i just leak but i've got to collect it all this kind of stuff um so I was waiting for that to happen. And it never, and it did. never did. But my milk did come in at right. about day three. Right. But at that point, one, I'd chosen to a bottle feed because I wasn't sure. Yeah. And two, I was going back to work after three weeks. So I knew, you knew. it was going to be tricky to it was the best. That, it was the best for you. To then disturb again. Um, but they've changed to the drop. They've dropped again. But I feel like because I wanted them to look natural... Now, to me, they feel completely natural. Right. Whereas even before Bella, they had fluffed and dropped, but they were still quite fake looking. Right. Because I, yeah. Right. Yeah, essentially. Well, I just could not believe. I knew you get it with you. You get it. Yeah. You know that things are going to change, but it really did. Mm. And again, it's a com- it, not my confidence. I can imagine. Because it's yeah. something that as a dancer yeah. and as... Um, you know, someone who all of her life has been able to wear yeah. them kind of dresses and not and whatever, and not even had to worry about yeah. it. And even when I was breastfeeding, they were banging. Yeah. And then it got to a year <laughs> and then it got a little bit further. And I still had colostrum for something ridiculous like eight months after oh, wow. I'd stopped breastfeeding. Oh, wow. I, it was my party trait. Literally, I used to say to my mate, look, I've still got milk. Boom. Yeah. And be able to, and it would still be there like eight months after I stopped, not even that long ago, it's only just gone my milk. It's really weird. I could squeeze, I would have to squeeze, yeah. but when I squeeze, it would come out. Oh, I mean, I say squeeze, it's like down here. <laughs> when I squeeze from down, <laughs> practically squeezing at my belly button. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that would be my uh, yeah. tip. I wish you knew. Uh, oh, sorry, what I wish I knew yeah. is, was was that, not yeah. that I could have done anything about it because but I probably wouldn't have been, aware of it. but just to, maybe prep my mind more for the body confidence side of it as well because again when me and River's dad split up it was it's because my body's not nice because he doesn't like my body anymore you know it was all like he doesn't fancy me and Mm. and I don't know whether that was true or not but I feel like if I was if I knew that if I knew that was coming more than what I did (laughs) I could have maybe mentally got myself prepared for it a little bit more, but it yeah. really, it, and still, I mean, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. I am getting there because yeah. at the end of the day, it fed a baby for two years, yeah. you know, and you've got to be grateful of that. But it's tricky. Yeah. Your body change is tricky. Changes massively, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Massively. And I don't think we talk about that enough. No. At all. And I don't think men, do you know what's really weird is since I've been single, anybody that I've spoken to who's found yeah. out I've been a mum. Yeah. It's like a switch. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I feel like a lot of men would rather a woman who maybe hasn't had children, and that, yeah, isn't very nice. Is it? it is. Yes. But I, I, it's, it's the first time, obviously, being single as a yeah. mom, um, and I've noticed that that it's kind of a bit of a it, immediately a bit of a oh, okay, she clearly isn't. 
the kind of person that mm. or body wise that was before or or she's she's a mum so maybe she does have saggy tits the answer is i do <laughs> the answer is i do but you're still banging thank you you are thanks yeah that's, and there's more to you than your great tits. There is, and, that, and, and again, yeah. that's what I need to think about, yeah. and that's what everybody needs. Yeah. And there will be men out there who go, who probably listen to this and go, you're wrong, Fuck you are so yeah. wrong, yeah. don't you say that about me, because yeah. I am not that kind of person, and I'm yeah. sorry if that is you, yeah. but I, just out of me, what you've experienced. my experience yeah. has been that as soon as they've realised that I've pushed a baby out of my vagina, they're like, no, I don't want to throw a ball down a tunnel. <laughs> Hey, I'm sure you do those pelvic floor exercises, love. <laughs> Give yourself a bit of credit. <laughs> See ya, boobs hang low. Yes, they do. Um, okay, going to change the... Uh, From tits? Yeah, to, to tips. To tips! <laughs> what, right. what tip would you give to either expectant parents or new parents? Um, expecting parents mm. I genuinely my tip would be please just look into mm. uh, more of a natural birth at home mm. or look into doulas mm. um, look into hypnobirthing yeah. uh, just look into everything but that option I feel like people think it's not an easy option it is it's yeah, really yeah. easy to yeah, give yeah. birth at home it it, even as a high risk pregnancy mm. there are ways of doing it mm-hmm. Um so yeah, just look into it because birth, a lot of birth uh, stories that I hear are like, oh, I just, uh, I needed inducing or I needed this or, because the oxytocin just ha- it isn't there. Well, why would it be in a hospital where people are running around and there's bright lights and you there's... You know what's really, really strange when you say that? My contractions... Were stopped when you got in hospital? Almost instantly because I was at home, I was breathing, I did hypnobirthing massively advocate for hypnobirthing. I could write the story for yeah. you. And I knew, but I knew it was going to happen because that change of environment, that stress, and I was kept saying to my body, come on, just cooperate with me again. I got back home, because they sent me home. Back home, was straight back again because I got home, was in the comfort of my home, oxytocin, whoosh. Straight through the room. Baby's coming. Mad. It is, it is mad, but also, isn't it not just common knowledge, guys? Like... When I say the word hospital, what's the first word? What what, what do you think of? Do you think clinical? I think happy. No. <laughs> it's going to be the best memory of my life. No, mm. I'm going to be really happy and de-stressed when I'm there. No, hospital. You think chaos, yeah. bright lights, chaos, disease, minging. You do. That's what yeah. you think of. Yeah. It's everything is negative about yeah. it when you yeah. think of a hospital because that is what yeah. majority of the <laughs> uses it, it, it is. Yeah. Um, so that is normal. It's common sense yeah. that you're going to, when you go into a hospital, feel different than what you are in the comfort of your own yeah. home. Yeah. So I would say expecting parents, just have a look into it. Mm. Just research it, have a look into it, yeah. know your options. Yeah. Parents that already are, um, I would probably say, really, really try and work on your patients. <laughs> Try and work on your patience. Yeah, it will like make you. Wow. It will make you a better. It, you'll feel better in yourself. Yeah. Just take a breath before you respond to your child. Mm-hmm. And it's. I sound. I know. I sound like a prick because I know I'm going to be like. Mum's going to be like, yeah, it's easier said than done because they don't know me. I have gone off on River. Yeah. I have. Yeah. There's been times yeah. where I've not reacted in a way where I've been proud of. Yeah. There's been few, yeah. like not many, but. 
there has, and I've worked really hard on it, and I believe that it is doing a world of good. Yeah. I do believe that. Yeah. For me and for him. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, so that would be my tip. Well, thank you for being so wonderful. Thank you. It's been so lovely to have you on. Thank and I'm sure everyone will have learned a lot from this. Thank you. Thank you. Take everything with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Thanks, love. Thank you. Thank you.